selling a book I think would reaffirm to myself like okay I have I have this thing that's mine that hasn't changed with Riley like this has always been mine and this I wanted to do before I met you and I don't have that right now so like on any given day I'm trying to figure out like I told you I, I wrote out a five-year plan the other day I'm like okay maybe I want to become a professor so what would it take for me to do that like all these different things and that's great and I feel much better even having done that and being okay I'm young I have time as opposed to feeling like wow I'm at the end of the season of television like I'm like at the end which is a weird feeling I think I love you I think I love I think I do Hey, honey, can you not do that ever again? Thanks. I think I love you. I think at least I think I do. No, I, I love you. No, I ne- have never once done that. I think I love you. I think You're I love ridiculous. you. I think at least I think I do. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I think I love you. Sorry. Um, all right, good morning. It's Monday, what, the 14th? August 16th. 16th, 16th. Yeah. Cool. That that goes to show exactly how dialed in I am. <laughs> the sixteenth. Um. Cool. Second week back recording. Mm-hmm. Done. <laughs> I have a topic that I'd like to discuss today. Good. That's but great. First, I want to do highs and lows. Okay, you go first. Okay. Um. Highs for the week. You made me a porch swing. Boom. It's <laughs> confusing. Um. You made me a porch swing. I love it. Your face is scaring me. Is it? Yes. I love it. And you did it in like a day. And I wanted to, I don't know. We've been talking a lot about, um, I don't know, like like reassessing how we post on social media amid the, the sort of reset that we did with the social justice and how like we've wanted to maintain that and say like make sure that we're thinking about like what we are posting and like what we are choosing to position ourselves as because that's what you're doing well and anyways long story short i was thinking all day can i cut in that like not just position our what we're positioning ourselves as actually how you're using your platform how you're taking up space exactly okay i just wanted to clarify that it's not about Uh, but i do think it is like even if you're talking about social justice or going to brunch it's all a brand like everything that you're doing is what you're doing and it, it can be good or it can be bad but it's like it's all about it is how you're branding yourself. Totally. But I guess m- there's a big difference between the same exact actions of what you're posting on your social media uh, when option A is with the intent and for the reasons mm-hmm. of your personal brand and option B is just because you're being cognizant of how much space you're taking up and for what reasons. Yeah. So big anyways, difference. I I don't know. I kind of had a thing all day where I was like, I really want to put this on my Instagram stories. Like Riley's making this really cool swing. I feel so loved and I didn't end up doing it and you still made me the swing and that was like a real moment of like my relationship exists whether or not I share it with other people. Nice. (laughs) I feel like that's the real high not the swing. Yeah. No big low this week. We had a little bit of we didn't have an argument but I think my low was that I have I've been having like a series of weird moments um, about feeling like I've accomplished nothing with my life. (laughs) And like, like one example of that was that the other day I just watched girls all day long, which wouldn't be a failure in and of itself. But when I first watched that show, I was 22, which is how the show starts. And I was like, oh my God, I have so much time. I still have a lot of time, but the show ends when they're 27 Mm. and some of them are still fuck ups and some of them are like figuring out their lives. And I had a moment watching it the other day where I just thought, oh my fucking God, I'm 27. 
like this is the year where they figure their shit out and i actually don't know if i've progressed and so that was scary and then when did you watch girls all day it doesn't matter and then yesterday i saw that a guy that i was in jeff sock with jeff society which was like a debate society at uva apparently the time that he has spent since we graduated he went to oxford got a doctorate in political theory and just enrolled at yale law school so i was looking at that yesterday being like wow fuck me like that's and he's so deserving of it and he's really fucking smart and that was another moment where i was like oh this sucks like i don't feel like i have a lot to say for what i've done the last few years and i feel like that's been coming out occasionally that feeling has been coming out occasionally in like unhelpful ways like i got really upset i wanted us to post the the podcast episode i wanted us to start posting yes today sunday yesterday 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 sunday and we had a conversation where you very rightly said we should have a week we need to go through the episode we shouldn't be rushing and i just got so upset all of a sudden and i think a lot of that is wanting to post again but i also think i'm having kind of like a i don't know i feel like i'm having like a midlife crisis a little bit of being like yeah which ties into what i want to talk about after but of just feeling like what have I been doing the last few years? Like when I'm feeling positive, I could say I've been doing a lot. Like I got an agent and I went to grad school and I did this stuff, but it just feels very um, gauzy right now. Like it Mm. doesn't feel substantial at Mm -hmm. all. And I feel um, frustrated with who I am. Mm. (laughs) So that's my low. I want to talk more about that for (laughs) sure. The way that you talk about um, the agent, aspect of it or you know having your mfa reminds me of the shape of the thing when i was talking the other day about someone that i know who has like one sound bite for an achievement mm-hmm. that they use over and over and over again because they kind of stumbled upon this sound bite of an achievement very mm-hmm. early on in a specific time period and i believe that having that sound bite has prevented them from progressing. What's an example of a soundbite? What do you mean? Like saying like, I got this award? Sure. Okay. Or not even maybe I got this award because the award is like the, the award is the reward for doing the thing. But like if you did a thing, like at some point, at some point in your career, you coded a little toolkit to make a website. Gotcha. You had one campaign that was cool. Gotcha. That's now your claim to fame. Gotcha. Claim to fame might be a good way to do it. Um, and just for kind of more reference, you sometimes talk about how in advertising people will like reference a famous campaign. Oh my God. It's like, an, it's I did insane. Apple. Not, e- I not did even whatever. I did Apple. Cause that's cool. And then you're like, okay, well like you had some interesting experience. Tell me about that experience. I did know one guy who all the time would say, well, you know, me and Steve referencing Steve jobs. <laughs> and I was like, shut up. You were maybe in one meeting with Steve jobs once. It's insane. Uh, so I don't know. I, I want to know who did the the guinea pig uh, car commercial for Scion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would love <laughs> That's those what people. I would reference. No, it's it's insane though. It's like not even uh, famous campaigns. It's just someone who works in a, an adjacent category. Fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. who happened to be at a good agency, will say when I did this, mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think there's like a weird. Th- this is a whole digression, but there's a mm-hmm. weird thing with like. What is experience that you can draw upon versus yeah. what is just kind of an empty calling card that allows you to take up space in a meeting? It's yeah. a fine line. 
Um, but what I was going to say was the thing that you're talking about, and I don't know whether it's the same thing. Um, you and I have talked about a, a person that we know who, who I've talked about who has kind of one of those sound bites and I think has prevented that person from actually making more progress in that right. aspect of their life. And I just wonder, I always, I'm so curious about those things. Like when someone introduced the concept of stuck points to me, maybe a year ago, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, like so much of my life is defined by stuck points of mm -hmm. different kinds, you know, where mm -hmm. I used to think I'm not a type A guy. Like th that was my, my stuck point was, and I'm all over the place here, was that because of my background, I am necessarily not creative i should be more of an analytical guy or whatever it is and so i let myself be kind of messy or more freewheeling in my professional life because i was afraid of being perceived as uncreative type a etc right. you know what i mean so it's like there's <laughs> a very weird kind of levels of like blocking myself from progressing in certain right. ways right for weird reasons yeah well, when you're uh you're when you're as type a as you are you know you gotta do that <laughs> Because uh, I have like four days of stubble. You frequently reference yourself as Type A, and I love it because I'm in not many ways a. you are, but you are also not. I also think that Type A introvert extrovert <laughs> it's agree. all kind of bullshitty. I agree. But so anyway, sorry. I you shared like one thing about how you were feeling, and I was like, you know what that could be? <laughs> Do you know what's probably going on? What are your highs and lows for the week? My low. My my highs and lows have nothing to do with you. So uh, <laughs> my low is um, my low is like many people are feeling. Um, I don't know. I don't have a good read on like what my momentum professionally is. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's true for a lot of people who are in good jobs, bad jobs, jobs they were happy in before all this started, jobs they were not happy in before all this started. Whatever. That's a really nice way to put it. And I don't know. Um, Normally, you can kind of see the general current, like the general progression of things and say, I'm tracking along with it, or I'm falling behind it, or I'm moving too fast. And now I feel like everybody is, I don't know, I can't tell if people are paused, if people are just going in different directions, if people are going at different speeds. I don't see a bunch of people on LinkedIn getting promotions or like making great work or anything. People just kind of seem to be like getting by, but maybe people just aren't sharing that stuff because they're sensitive to the times, you know? Right. So it's like, there's really no way to get a read on um, well, I, whether you should be moving. Yeah. I think it makes me think of a lot of, there has been a lot of conversation, some more um, kitsch and like meme and some more actually thoughtful, but all pertaining to the same thing, which is that our concepts of productivity no longer apply, which I think is super interesting. And it's also something I've been thinking about for myself of, I, it, it, we have a very like it, binary capitalist perception of productivity that has only become more so like with the rise of the gig economy and hustling and always doing something on the side and like working nonstop and advertising that work to your friends and family even if it just means like building your social media brand and all of a sudden you have 3,000 followers you better be posting every day like all of this stuff about productivity and that doesn't exist anymore like I and I, I think there are days where I believe this and there are days where I don't but I think right now I do believe what a lot of people have been saying which is like the 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 normal weight of your day has shifted. So even if you are home all day, even if you're not doing as much as you did before, it still might drain you more than than your previous life because all of the, the balances and the portions 
that make up a, a, a day have changed in America. And like in every different country, there are different concepts of what it means to be productive. And I think that we are undergoing a period of time where like the concepts of productivity that we have just do not work in what it is. Like a lot of my friends would go to the gym for an hour and a half before they went to work, go to work until 7 p.m., go out, schedule drinks with friends all week long for like both networking and social purposes, and then do something productive on the weekend, like paint in the park or something. And that's over. And I think that that's something that I've also been dealing with like working from home, your concepts of productivity change. Like if I work nine to three, that is the biggest work day I have when I'm working from home. And that's me like thinking of ways to be productive, like filling my space, doing this stuff. And very often I can be like, wow, I'm such a fuck up. And I think that I, this all comes back to say, I think our concepts of productivity are changing and it's hard to measure like, okay, well, are we going to return to normal in six months? And should I hold on to that previous sense of productivity or should I just start to slowly rewire how I approach my day? Whether it's like, okay, I'm going to go for a long walk in the morning or I'm going to do this. I'm going to read, I'm going to do this work, or I'm going to space it out. I don't have to do nine to six anymore. But with that said, I also think that in any given point of emotion uh not emotional economic turmoil they're gonna be some people who make huge fucking gains like hitler post-world war one type shit and hopefully that's like depressing political stuff but i do think it's true that when (laughs) when the world is collapsing people make moves and you can move faster than you would in the normal world so i think that there's this there's this tug and pull where most people i think are going to be um trying to figure out what their new normal is in terms of their work and the speed of their professions. And then some people, both by virtue of their skill and by the virtue of just where they are at a moment in time and like luck, they're going to make huge fucking gains. And I feel like you're going to see that someone founded a company that's actually taking off or someone was promoted three times because they had to lay off to other people. Like who the fuck knows? But that's Uh kind of when, you know what I mean? Like there's this, these two things happening at once. Yeah, no. And I, I think I tend toward, I don't know if it was the former or the latter, but there are certain things about that, in quotes, like capitalist version of productivity that feel like they have fundamental kernels of truth in them. Mm-hmm. The idea that if you work hard, like really hard, and you encounter, like you sweat, you know, mm-hmm. you bleed, that that will result in some kind of greater gain than the person who doesn't feels face valid to me, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know. I just think. Even if, even as I, I'm equal parts curious in reevaluating. We're here. What do you mean you can't get into my car? Oh, why don't okay. we just move the bench? Yep, we're coming. Mic check. Anyways. <laughs> Where were we before your idiot mom interrupted us? <laughs> okay, we went through highs and lows. That's as far as we got. Um, oh, yeah, and just my highs that I feel like I have a bunch of things upstairs in the hopper. <laughs> You're so embarrassing. Um, okay. What's your topic? <laughs> okay, so I also want you to tell me what you think about it, because this is kind of a different... Ap- you're like, this is a provocative question. <laughs> Was Teletubbies propaganda? No, so so this is... Government-sponsored As propaganda. we took our time off, we were thinking about 
when we, when we were taking time off, we had a few conversations throughout that time of the structure of the podcast. And one thing that I suggested... Oh, time off from podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not time off from our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you mean... Riley liked that this whole time we've been on a break. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you mean March? <laughs> oh, my God. But basically, the idea of of bringing up topics or, or ideas or questions or things we have as a sort of planned thing in these conversations, as opposed to just thinking about what's happened this week, because there have been weeks where nothing has fucking happened or we're not exactly prepared. So anyways, this is kind of like the first version of me trying to do that. We can cut all of this. This is like also just for you. Um, but what I wanted to talk about was a conversation we kind of touched on a little bit last week that I'm really interested, interested in, which is that I am, very lonely Mm -hmm. and by that I mean I was the first one of my friends pretty much to get married most of my really good friends are either single or in relationships um, with no immediate plan to get married and I have a few friends who are getting married in about a year Um, and I also like don't really have many friends with what I do I made a, a, a few good friends during my MFA program but they're all far away and I didn't make a lot of friends in LA and then we left LA and so now we're here in Massachusetts I have one good friend in Massachusetts um and then we bought a house here and I kind of had a moment I was talking to a friend about buying the house and my friend said in a very nice way she was like wow you're like fucking 10 years ahead of me which also isn't true she's way farther ahead in her career than I am but it was this moment where I just had this awful feeling that hasn't really left fully of just feeling like how did I get here and why am I the only one here like we got married and then we moved home and now we have a house and now I'm 27 years old and I'm married in a house and we're talking about having kids and it's all really exciting but there are moments where I take a step back and I'm like I'm the only one here I can't talk to my friends about this stuff really like my friends are are all always willing to listen but it's not the same like no one else is at this point in their lives And it makes me feel um, really lonely because I don't really have anyone to talk about to be like, yeah, I think we might want to have kids. How are you feeling about it? And we did have one couple friend and they're we're far away from them now Mm because we left L.A. And so it's not like I can just like call them on the phone and feel totally normal doing that. And I just have felt like and I think that that's also contributed to my feeling that I was talking about earlier of just being like, I feel very um the ironic thing is that my personal life has is exactly where I want it to be, but I'm the only one there. And you have a lot of friends who are married, and one of your friends is having a kid, and another one of your friends is looking at buying or already is a homeowner. And so it's you have friends you can talk about with this stuff. And I just don't I don't know. Like I feel very lonely at this point in my life because I don't I feel like I'm the only one here and that makes me insecure at points. And it makes me wonder, like, what am I giving up? Or, you know, are my friends all hanging out without me, even though I know that they're not? But yeah. I have moments where I'm like, did they, did they all create their own group chat? Because I haven't been talking to a lot of my friends lately because I don't have much to say. Yeah. But it's just a weird thing where I think outwardly my friends would be like, yeah, Caroline's like so put together now and she's doing all this stuff with her life. And it's, you know, she's moving along. And I don't really feel like I'm moving along. Like mm-hmm. in ways I feel like we're playing house or something Mm -hmm. because I don't have anyone to affirm what I'm doing as like actually happening in the world. Yeah. Like it was like I was single for so long and then we met and pretty much immediately decided we wanted to get married. And then we were living together 
living away from most of our friends. So kind of living in like this little bubble in California. And then we moved home and now we're living with my family. And I feel like we're like an Italian family in like the 1990s or something. Like we're all living together and then we saved up and we bought a house right down the street. Yeah. So now we're moving into this house down the street. Which just to reiterate, the only thing that I asked when we left California don't buy a house was right not even don't buy a house uh don't even ask me to tour right. a house right in massachusetts right and it, and here we are yeah and couldn't be happier that's the thing like it's all very exciting and i don't know but it is a feeling that i've thought where i'm like wow i'm putting so much on riley because you are my best friend right now yeah like you are the person that i require what i usually require of friends and i also don't know what the what I guess what I'm also trying to figure out is um, expectation setting because I think social media has so fucked us in terms of what we think we should have in a social life. Like, I think 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it wouldn't be weird to me that I'm not keeping in touch with all of my college friends right now. I'd be like, yeah, I got married and we have a house and I'm working on my career and they're not nearby. So I don't, you know, I'll call them from time to time. But now it's like I'm seeing everyone all the time and I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to make a bunch of friends in Dartmouth while we're living here. And then we're planning on going in the Airstream. I, was gonna, I mean, I was going to say, luckily enough, we're not planning on living here for a very long time. But I guess my thing is, like, unless we move to New York City, where all of our friends live, we're going to move somewhere else where we don't have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. And my professional life is solitary. And is this a thing where it's healthy for me to just say, yeah, I'm going to have a few friends and then I'll meet people as time goes on, but I'm not going to focus on it. I'm just going to enjoy my life. Or should I be, like, changing my game entirely to, like, force new friendships? I don't know. I just feel like this has been a big shift in the last year of feeling like I'm far from my friends. And thinking, should I be making a bunch of new friends right now? Or should I just enjoy having a kind of quieter life with you? And then when our kids go to daycare or whatever the fuck, then we're going to meet a new group of friends. But, But like... Do you know what I mean? It's I know just I do. Yeah. confusing. Well, exactly what you said about if this was 10 years ago, it would have been different was kind of the first thing that I was thinking when you introduced this to me a week ago. Yeah. In that um, a part of my brain says, well, isn't this the most natural thing ever? You grow up with a group of people and then you embark on different life stages at different points. And isn't it the most romantic, you know, old, old world version of it? Yeah. To have just a couple off on their own. And you have that period where it is like this extended honeymoon in quotes where it's maybe you're not on vacation the whole time, but like you buy your house together. It's just the two of you. You paint. Right. Then eventually when you have kids, you meet other parents who are you like you re um, you regroup with a group of people who are at the same life stage as you. There are so many flaws to that argument in the sense that just because it happened between, I don't know. 1920 and 1990 doesn't mean that it's old world that just Mm -hmm. means that it was that specific version of the american dream or whatever Mm -hmm. it was that we that you and i then grew up being sold through movies like which makes me think of that line i love which is that tradition is just peer pressure from dead people yeah exactly. it's so good because it's like so many traditions are like that's just what they did that doesn't mean we should do it totally and so even if those people did that and even if it's then been romanticized in the media that you and i grew up with doesn't necessarily mean that that is a quote-unquote natural human way to do it maybe those people went through four years of depression while they didn't have friends right and then they eventually found friends but then they you know grappled with the emotional baggage of that for the rest of their lives whatever it is right. i don't know so that's one problem i have with it another problem i have with it is that during those t- periods of time you met your neighbors 
Like you would go over right. and like, yeah. you know, you moved into a neighborhood and maybe your neighbors were five years older than you, 10 years older than you. doesn't matter. Or maybe they were 30 years older than you, but then they would introduce you to someone else who was your age. There was a community element that we're missing now. Yeah. So it's weird. I don't know. Um, I don't know that there's a, there's a, basically there's a piece of me that wants to say, yeah, I think you and I are going to be our, each other's best friends for a little while. But then there's another piece of me that says, no, let's, you know, let's figure this out. I guess my first question to you would be, what about the last year brought this into focus for you? Especially, well, especially considering that you and I, you and I have been doing all of this together, but in many ways, I guess my point is not that you're saying this, but I didn't, you know, show up and pay an airman and be like, let's buy a home. And you were like, I don't know about the home, but I love you. <laughs> You know, you know, like, yeah, this was part of your vision. And yeah. so I guess what I'm wondering is like, what brought it into focus that now you are separate from your friends? Well, and one thing I would just add to what you're saying is that the only downside, I think, to us being each other's best friends, which usually rocks, is that there's less room for romance. So it's like when we're talking about figuring out our sex life, a lot of our day is spent being each other's best friends, yeah. which is awesome. I love everything about you. But that's one thing where, like, I don't get to go out with girlfriends and come home to you. Yeah. I, like, you are my, like, you are the person that I, when I was single, I would, like, call my friends and talk to them for an hour in bed. You're that person right now. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, that's a hard thing for both of us to be navigating not only each other's partners, our, like, sexual partners, our friends. That's a lot for us to be doing all at once. Um, okay, solution for that, and to give you something to talk about in the group chat with, you know, your oh girlfriends God, in New what York. Are you about to say? Just once a month, you and I create a club scene. You like do a bunch of coke in the bathroom with a stranger <laughs> who is me in a wig. You like get into a fight with a bouncer who is me with a fat suit on. You like walk up to a cute guy at the bar, but then get hit on by another guy. Both of those guys are me. <laughs> And we create like, a New York City club scene. You role play just a range of sexual predators. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm also making pizza outside of our home on the on the street. Street dogs. Street dogs. I don't know. I think I can really uh, create a fulfilling New York City nightlife for you once a month. Nice. I'm sorry. I totally did it. You go. Um, what changed this? I think two things. Is it is it not okay to make jokes about sexual predators? I'm a thousand. No, I'm a thousand percent doing that. I think it's fine. So here's, I would say, if you're a woman who has not been a victim of sexual abuse, then it's complicated because then there's you and the other group of women who have been the victim of sexual abuse. However, you have lived your entire life with the th constant threat of that. And right. so therefore, then you are all part of the same in-group. It's. I think that we're getting to a point where talking about that, it used to be like well have you been raped or have you not been raped but I think now it's getting closer to a point of you don't ask a black person well have you been a victim of racism because they'd be like this is my lived experience my lived experience as a woman is understanding sexual abuse yeah and like understanding like this the subtle undercurrents that that creates power dynamics where maybe I haven't necessarily been a victim of like extreme sexual violence I understand that innately and I am the I am the person who has the lived experience by virtue of the fact of being a woman. Mm. Um, and that is my territory. I actually had a conversation with a friend about that, about the manuscript, where she was like, well, isn't a white woman writing about... I was saying how, like, really, most good writers would never write um, from the perspective of another race, simply because it takes so much work to understand your own culture, let alone another. Yeah. And she was like, well, what's the difference between a white person writing about black and brown people and, like, you writing about sexual violence? And I was like, first of all, 
you don't ever get to assume that I haven't been the victim of sexual violence. Mm. You have no idea what I've been through. No one does. You don't. Like I. So that's another thing where it's like that's a that's an unacceptable question mm-hmm. to ever put on someone. And second of all, that is my lived experience is understanding the power dynamics between men and women because I've been navigating that my whole life. Mm. I can never understand the lived exper- the lived experience of being Latina. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can read about it and I can do my best to try to empathize with it, but I can never, um, that's not mine. That's not my story. Mm-hmm. I think sexual violence is my story. Um, and yeah. I, so anyways, that's an aside that we That can, registers. Yeah. Thanks. Anyways, um, to answer your question of when I started feeling this way, it was definitely triggered by that conversation where she said, oh my God, you're 10 years ahead of us. And I kind of had this moment of thinking, oh my God, like, how did I get here? And that is combined with not seeing the success that I want yet that I think would give me I don't think selling a book is going to fix everything because I'm going to sell it and then I'm going to it's going to get released and it's going to no one's going to buy it or whatever there's always going to be something but I think I'm just like trying to search for this affirmation with my professional identity that I haven't received yet like I don't have a job related to it. I didn't go to business school and then get a job at a, at a private equity firm. Like I graduated from an MFA program and I'm trying to sell a book mm-hmm. and I haven't. Mm-hmm. And that makes me more scared about the successes of my personal life because they make me feel like an imposter, like a 1950s housewife more so like it makes me feel like, oh, my God, and I'm talking about having kids and like, am I just going to like I haven't done any of the things that I wanted to do before I met you. Like, all of the things that I wanted separate from my personal life have not happened. Yeah. I'm working towards them. But, like, all of the things that I've gotten since I met you were never things that I planned for. I never planned to be married before 30. Like, I never planned to have a house in Dartmouth. Like, all those things before I met you would have been horrifying. Mm -hmm. And I think what's... The difference is that I think you have friends you can be like, wow, marriage is awesome. And you guys can all be like, damn, this is so much fun. Let's celebrate our weddings. Let's, you bought a house, dude, that's fucking awesome. And you have people to affirm that you are still you and that you can still joke around and stay stu- say stupid shit and like you can have a wife who's pregnant and you can still do all this stuff. And I think seeing your peers do that affirms that this is like an appropriate time for you to be doing these things. And I don't have that. Like I am instead kind of on my own making decisions sort of on gut instinct of like, is it time for us to do this? Is it time for me to feel comfortable with this? Do I want to have a baby? Do I not want to have a baby? Mm -hmm. Like it just feels very separate from like my social world Mm -hmm. because none of my friends are doing it, Yeah, which makes it, which makes me, I think, overcorrect and not feel as comfortable talking about it, even though I have a handful of friends who I'm sure would love to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But that's just what's hard is that, you know all this great stuff is happening and it's awesome but i it definitely makes me feel like i'm going farther and farther down a road and as a woman like not not including you i'm alone on the road so far do you think that that would potentially have any kind of hang on let me rephrase do you think that the feeling of being out on a time island 10 years ahead of your friends would potentially be a detractor to your motivation to find professional success because then there's one more thing that is separating you from the rest of your friends you're so established you're so mature you have a a house and a husband and you're thinking about a family and you have sold a book or have become no i'd really love to sell a book (laughs) 
honestly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think it would also balance me more because my decision to pursue this career is like the thing that has been most consistently um, my own. And it is, it, it this would ensure if I were to do this for the rest of my life, it would ensure not only that I'm doing something that has meaning to me, but that I'm doing something that's not totally cookie cutter, which I'm, which I think in a part of my brain matters that I'm doing something that is like different. Unique, I didn't do yeah. the marketing job. I didn't do the thing for which for me, you're not a VP of marketing at HubSpot. <laughs> They, Fuck I'm, I'm just imagining a, a long boardroom table with just like a bunch of VPs of marketing <laughs> just all pointing they at the all same look just graph. just like me. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I think selling a book, I think, would reaffirm to myself like, okay, I have, I have this thing that's mine that hasn't changed with Riley. Like, this has always been mine. And this I wanted to do before I met you. And I don't have that right now. So, like on any given day I'm trying to figure out like I told you I, I wrote out a five-year plan the other day I'm like okay maybe I want to become a professor so what would it take for me to do that like all these different things and that's great and I feel much better even having done that and being okay I'm young I have time as opposed to feeling like wow I'm at the end of the season of television like I'm like at the end which is a weird feeling do you think you just need a new television show <laughs> I do not need a new television no, show. No, like I, I don't need to, to watch a new television. television show, but do you need a new cultural reference point? Like I don't know. Yeah, the just... cultural reference point for women is that you die when you're when you turn thirty one. Yeah. You so, just disappear off the face of the or, earth. Or you start comparing yourself to women who have gotten so much plastic surgery that they don't look like your age and it makes you feel like shit. I think that's what attracted me to you. I think that's... You're like, you look so real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, for now. No, I think that was what um, that was what about you reading so much attracted me to you at the beginning of our relationship. That's like a very grammatically inbred sentence. But it's not... It's not I wasn't attracted to you because you read because I was like, mm, she can read. I was attracted to you because I think that signaled to me that you're cultural reference points like the way that you set up your ambition for life wouldn't necessarily your only reference point wasn't a visual ecosystem that retires women women at 31 right you know like you have literary role models you know and i don't yeah. and i don't know that i can point to a bunch and say well, like well in that book that woman sold a book after having children at 32 mm. or whatever it is and she was fine yeah. but i don't know i just the more that we can divorce ourselves from pop culture as a way to gauge the success of our life the better which is a funny thing to say considering that you and i are up to our fucking eyeballs in reality tv over the last <laughs> yeah we have to stop while. it's it was too much for a while i reckon you were good and you went through it with me we're gonna take a break okay thanks <laughs> And thank you for acknowledging that I was the one who was digging my heels in. I know. We watched 90 Day Fiance at a at a, an unhealthy clip. And that's such a compelling show that for me to actually look you in the eyes and you say, are you done with 90 Day Fiance? Can I go watch it by myself? And me going, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> was like a big deal. Like I was yeah. that, I was that done yeah. with it. I think another thing is just how fucked social media is. And how much I just need to be on it less, even if it just means like even on the the login periods where I go on it for three minutes and then and then tell myself to get off. I need to do less of those because I find myself thinking, like, how am I going to share our relationship? How am I going to do it more 
moderately all this stuff and i'm just like i don't have to share our relationship which is ironic because we have a podcast but i like Mm -hmm. to me i think this is a much healthier way of putting ourselves out into the world than instagram and and there are a lot of things about instagram that i do love but it's like moving towards that and thinking less about how can i assure everyone that riley and i are a cool couple how can i because I do feel that frequently of like, I want to post this on Instagram so everyone can see how good Riley is at woodworking. I don't want to do that to like, <laughs> for any organically good reason. Everyone else is like, also, we don't give a shit about <laughs> your husband being good at woodworking. Right. So I think that that's it too, is feeling the pressure of feeling in between two social media milestones of like the really married people who post about yeah, visiting other yeah. married friends on Instagram and like the friends who are single and getting fucked up and being like I don't want to do either of those things but like do I just stop existing do I stop posting altogether like and it sounds so silly to talk about but I feel like we've reached a point with social media where we should recognize that most of our social lives happen on it so it does matter like you can't I don't think that I don't I no longer entertain the notion that social media is some flimsy thing that you can opt in or opt out of like it it is a huge part of our lives and so much happens on it people promote their shit on it and like in deciding to go off social media is a decision that can negatively impact you yeah I I was gonna say you can most certainly decide to opt in or opt out of it it's just that you can't easily decide to opt in or opt out of it if I were to sell a book and I wasn't on social media that would be a huge problem yeah like, like people get book deals and they ask how many followers you have. Like, this matters. Oh, I believe it. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you can opt out, but you are losing social interactions because you no longer have the neighbors. That's done. You know, like, that's, I think you can try to do that. But the world in which people meet each other, you're looking at your phone now. It's like in a bar. It's like you can try to swim against the current and it's great. But, like, unless you can find someone else to swim against the current with it's really hard when everyone's looking at their phone for you to like engage in small talk. Have you weighed the pros and cons in like an explicit way about social media? Because when you talk about using it as a professional tool, I'm like, go, go run. Yeah, of course. Like build your social media following, like keep posting stories that you work on, keep posting interesting quotes. Don't focus on Instagram as just a way to catch up with like whatever the girls from UVA or whatever are doing, but use it as a professional tool, build a literary community. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Go, 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 go. And then on the other side of it, I'm when you describe being between these two milestones of being single and fucked up in New York or having babies and like getting the social badge value of that, mm-hmm. and we're in between those two things, there's a piece of me that says relish in that. Mm. Like you are a writer. You need your brain. Like don't go seeking other things to fill right. your brain with. Capitalize on this period, this window that we have right now where in a proverbial sense you and i are in a cabin in the woods digitally mm. let's like lock the doors on that cabin and let's make uh that bonnie Vera album yeah exactly yeah yeah and so i don't know i just those are the two major points in either pros and con column for me and i don't know how to weight them yeah i totally agree because it's i'm also hard. not a writer i'm not like doing what you're doing so i don't know well you're also again like social media is a touch point of communication for me throughout the day like you talk to people on slack i don't yeah. You know, like, and that's, I think a lot of this is also just me getting more comfortable with the decisions that I've made and just leaning into it and being like, I don't have to have a lot of communication throughout the day. That's okay. Cause I think, I don't know if I actually crave that. I think what I actually am feeling is just like a, a, a bounce back of thinking of what I should want and being like, well, don't I want a lot of people at my 30th birthday? Isn't that what people do? That's what I see on Instagram. 
And when I really think about it, it's like, no, I chose to do this because that shit doesn't matter to me. Like no one who craves tons of friends and interactions decides to quit their job and write. It's just, it's, it's like a very, it's a self-selecting decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of this is me getting more and more comfortable with, yeah, and I married someone and I don't have to touch base with everyone all the time. And that's fine. And that's not a failure on my part. That's a decision that I've made. And it's totally okay for me to not text people all the time. It's totally okay for me to not text someone back immediately. Like I can, I can take a step back and still have Instagram and do all that stuff. But like, I, that's what I think I, I think I should be working towards is like, it's okay. So you don't have a lot of friends nearby. That's totally fucking fine. Mm -hmm. Time to read a lot of books and like hang out with your husband and go for walks and not feel an obligation to define yourself by your social interactions. Mm -hmm. And I like to think I'm better at that than other people, but I, I have not mastered it yet. There are still points where I'm like, damn, I should be like doing stuff with people so that I'm not alone. Do you think that there is, do you think that you have figured out how you work so well that like this is, this is your rhythm and it is what it is? Or do you think that there is room to experiment with what happens if you burn yourself out on work or what happens if you do this or the other because totally room to do that because I just think that the way that we talk about Instagram the way that we talk about texting whatever lump that together with overeating or masturbation or drugs or alcohol <laughs> or whatever and I Loved think it, baby yeah no and I think it's just consider those units of dopamine hits or whatever mm -hmm. and I think sometimes the person who has the 30th birthday party that their spouse put on and it's a surprise and there's friends from all different walks of life and they have their big fish moment and you're like does anyone like me <laughs> I, I think i think what that is their big fish moment i think what that is is maybe less you or i or someone looking at that and going man i'm a gregarious person and i have a lot of different friends and I would like them all to be gathered together and more so saying that looks like a shit ton of dopamine yeah and I just think it all, it's all these various sources of satisfaction with your life that then get funneled into like a singular output. You know what I mean? It's like throwing, like social media is this big, and I hate saying social media. It right. just feels so vague, but like yeah. Instagram, this big black box machine that just ingests all different sorts of things and just spits out one product. Right. And what I'm really getting at is how do we experiment with I want to say like different inputs for that machine but also just like going and seeking out another machine and that's where the metaphor breaks down mm -hmm. and so the reason that I ask about work is because I think you've dialed in on something that's true that creativity needs room to breathe creativity needs space writing isn't a nine-to-five job all these things but I, I wonder too if there's a if there's like a stuck point in that as well and this is me like psychologizing you without your permission mm -hmm. but if there's a stuck point in that as well of saying, I got in the, I got in this because I want to be unique. I got in this because I want to have my own life path. Right. So therefore, if I work eight hours in a day, I have failed it on that mission, mm. you know? And I wonder if seeking satisfaction, that filling the friend-sized hole that you feel you have in your heart with work or with something else is just a just try to fill that hole with something else is what i'm getting at i i will fill that hole with something else <laughs> <laughs> no i i think that that's a really good point and it's something that i've thought about too is i have not i have not pushed the limits yet of how much i can do in a day the most was probably when i was writing my first novel and was writing like five or six hours a day and that was a lot 
and it was but it was also the most i'd ever done and now that's not the most of like now if i do it that's not the most i've ever done so it's like can i do eight hours a day i don't know i don't know but i can find out i can and, try and i would just throw out there too like the freedom that you have to work three hours a day or nine hours a day is also is the same freedom where if you break your own brain one day it's the same freedom where if you break your own brain one day take two days off after take three days off after let's go somewhere after right you know and so the freedom to stay in one lane is also the freedom to explore 15 other lanes yeah it's 100 percent true and i could see it being really scary to be like all right today's the work day because it's like why would i want to create that why would i want to create a fascist monday for myself well, and there's also there's a reason why people work at companies. It's 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 really hard to create structure for yourself and direct like it's 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 a bizarre thing for me to think about what I should be doing, which I'm going to try to do, which is like sit down at 9 a.m. and figure out a schedule to do work until four. That's hard. That's hard to be like, OK, I guess I'll just write until I stop and then do research for an undisclosed amount of time like it's just it's a totally different way of thinking that i know that i have never been taught how to do or i've never even been encouraged as like that is a thing that you know how to do and so yeah i mean i think a lot of it is just intimidation and being like i don't want to do that that sounds really fucking scary yeah um but i think that you're totally right is that also in the old world it's very easy to fill a day or i learned how to fill a day like i would work for three hours i would go for a walk outside go buy a nice coffee and then i would come back and i would do something else i'd like cook something and then i do some work and i would do all these things and i did have the option of going to see a friend or the option of going to a workout class or the option of doing things that made me feel like i had structure in my day and now it's like not only do i not have a job where i communicate with other people I don't have any structure like it's it's I can't really go to a workout class right now I can't really do that stuff so I think it's also it's not just like poor me it's just okay it's time to figure out a new schedule and once we have their our house it'll be so much easier too because I won't feel the sort of emotional pull I feel right now to spend time with my family as much I'll be able to say this is my day how can I structure this day with no interruptions from other people besides you mm-hmm. like I don't have to plan on unexpected interruptions I can just test trial all these different things yeah. for how to do this yeah so that i think that is the exciting thing to me is that when it's framed up as i'm just going to do this thing one day there's a chance that it sucks or mm-hmm. there's a chance that it feels like a waste of a day and i think it's much less the at least in my head in the abstract putting myself in your shoes which is like six places removed from actually being you so take all (laughs) this with a grain of salt it's that the fear of having that structure or schedule or whatever not work for me and have a waste of a day that that fear is the real thing that keep that would keep me from doing it rather than the actual needing to do nine hours of work or whatever it is right itself right you know and then but then all of a sudden that fear gets removed when you realize it doesn't fucking matter right I just do it this way or I do it that way or I do it whatever way. Right. I don't know. You're like, I'm feeling this way. I'm like, let me tell you what to do. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I mean, the, lo- I, the lonely thing is important. Actually, when you brought it up to me the other day, it was about friends and different milestones or yeah, friends in different stages of life. But then also the idea that the writing community is really isolated. 
yeah. and that the profession of a writer is really isolated. Yeah. So like some people have life friends and some people have work friends and you are missing life friends and work friends. Yeah. It's a big double whammy. Yeah, I'm just missing everything, which is I think why I have such an impulse to collect animals. <laughs> Honestly, like I think that my impulse to marry you is the same as my impulse to get pancake and Ophelia, yeah. which is the same as my impulse to get on a breeder list for a uh, Liamberger. I mean, we researched tropical birds for like an hour the other day, so can't wait for our macaw to come in. Um, I don't know. I just tell me what I can do is my point. Just keep being you. Okay. I'm really interested to see if you and I ever end up in a period of time where we are both freelance, what happens? Because I think we, I have these idealist ideas about how to run an open day, mm. you know, and I'm going to, you know, if and when I end up in the same position, I'm going to come so hot out of the gate with structure. Totally. I mean, I did too five yeah. years ago. No, exactly. Honestly. Like it's a slow creep. And I will say I admire a lot of the ways in which you have approached your remote work and I there's a lot of the things that I want to adjust for my day that have been inspired by you so I think that you could be great at it I think that you have like your FOMO your natural FOMO um gets you to do shit in a way that I don't have FOMO like yeah. I don't really usually even though I, what I'm describing is FOMO like I don't have like a fear of see, of not seizing the day ingrained in me and I should and you do or like you do a lot of shit so I think that I don't know I mean I think if you ever become a freelancer you're probably gonna kick ass but it would require a lot of communication between you and me because all of a sudden we're working at all different hours of the day. And unless we try to match each other, then like there's no, cause I've kind of gone around your schedule. Yeah. I try to work when you're working and I'm available when you are free. <laughs> I make myself available. But if all of a sudden we have two schedules and it's not just me working around your nine to six, you know? Well, that then, could be really interesting because then it's not you feeling like you need to make space for my schedule it's both of us needing to make space and offer the other person enough schedule to be totally. like this is what you have to work around yeah that could be really interesting mm -hmm. back to what you said about the reason why people work for corporations being mm -hmm. structure mm -hmm. i agree with that and yes and i think the reason why people work for corporations is sh structure lack of structure and the ability to find structure in a corporation same thing for all the rest of these things Lack of imagination and mm. willing to find someone who has already had a spark of imagination for a way to make money. Right. And then lack of skill. And like, I can't do like, so I can't make this doodad from start to finish. I have skill C. I'm going to slot in on this production line. Right. It's skill C. So I think I, I'm yes ending that because I think working for a company structure is one of three like fundamental things of structure, skill and imagination. And... I think just speaking for myself, like I've always felt like I could create this structure because of that FOMO mm -hmm. issue. I've always had a little bit of the imagination, but not enough of the skill. And I think skill and imagination are related variables where the totally. more you have of one, the more you can have of the other. So anyway, let's start a company. That's my point. <laughs> let's start a company. Yeah. Beanie and Rick. Uh, gas station. <laughs> Beanie and Rick's Mobile gas station. A house. moving gas station. Oh my God. <laughs> We would blow up in two seconds. <laughs> Just us driving alongside another car on the highway being like, I'm going to throw it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how uh, big fighter jets do in the mm -hmm, air. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm done. 
Cool. What did you learn this week? I don't know. You go first. I'm going to argue for my lesson. This isn't about how to stay in love, but it is something I've learned from our relationship. Okay. And it is that I spent Sunday just fucking around on the couch, and you spent Sunday and you built a porch swing. And it was a real lesson for me. Like, you can get a lot done in a day. And you were done at 4, 4.30, and you weren't even, like, playing music. You were just building something in the quiet outside. I need to remember that more often. I think that I've, like, really fallen into certain structures of I'll hang out with Riley or I'll do some reading or I'll do this. And it's like, or I can paint something or I can map out the structure for a new novel or I, like there's a lot that you can do in a day. And being afraid of those hours is only going to make you lose a day. I like that. And I think it relates to how to stay in love because it's personal fulfillment mm-hmm. equals our fulfillment as a couple i there i think there are startup costs to that kind of stuff though you know like i agree with you you can do anything in a certain amount of time but i think if i was gonna approach some sunday and say i'm just gonna paint it's not i'm gonna jump in and paint for a few hours and then get out because i've never fucking painted you know yeah, i know no and I, uh, so anyway just saying like i built a porch swing because i over the course of five years have amassed tools and etc cetera, etc cetera. right and how did you start that by spending a sunday learning about tools yeah that's my thing yeah and ruining sunday after sunday for the santa monica community <laughs> you really did you're a terror that is awful and you were also really enabling in a bad way there what you like i would be like hey those kids are like asking me to stop and you'd be like fuck them <laughs> well i did think fuck them that was ridiculous it was like a saturday yeah and also that family that's one thing yes we were loud but that's another thing i've learned i felt so um nervous about us working on the airstream here on the weekends and then on a saturday listen to all of the home projects going on because most people work and that's when they can do work like it's nothing to be embarrassed of so fuck them fuck them uh, okay, that's a good lesson. Um, my lesson for how to stay in love because I'm true to the project. <laughs> this is the first of four conversations that ends with me leaving you. The first was a lesson that didn't have to do with. Oh, I was yeah. like, geez, why did we take it there? <laughs> Holy hell. I feel like lessons are so much easier when we have like a fight. And then I'm like, what I learned from the fight is... <laughs> Don't hit each other. (laughs) I guess my lesson for how to stay in love that I've learned for myself is, I mean, you wanted the porch swing and I was like, we're not going to do this if we move into the house and we do it later. So then we just did it now and we're done with it. It was great. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess what I want to remember from this week is that I can use our love as a way to kick myself in the pants on stuff. Ooh, you know that's adorable yeah and just yeah. be like okay like she wants that thing let's do it now I love and then it. i just grind through a whole sunday great and make a porch swing i wonder what the next the next porch swing is gonna be that's goodbye all. deuces
I think I love you.